You're listening to the Modern Vital Podcast, which explores the relationship between environmental factors and human health. Here is your host, Dr. Ben Reeves, founder of Portland Clinic of Natural Health and creator of MVP90, a 90-day health protocol customized to each individual health journey. Stay tuned for fun, practical, and thought-provoking health tips, along with suggestions and insights into optimizing health and preventing chronic disease through integrative, naturopathic, and functional medicine approaches. Your body is unique, powerful, and intelligent. Your treatment should be too. On today's episode of the Modern Vital Podcast, we're going to talk about our body's largest organ, the skin, and how to approach it from a Chinese medicine perspective. And today's special guests are cosmetic and dermatological acupuncturists, Vanessa Logan and Courtney Aldrich, who own Lad Labs Dermatology and Cosmetic Acupuncture in Tualatin, Oregon, just outside of Portland. And they provide healthy, safe, non-invasive skincare and help to reverse the signs of aging and heal the skin, blending the traditional modalities of Chinese medicine along with integrative modern biomedical practices. And they both received their master's degrees in acupuncture and Chinese medicine from Oregon College of Oriental Medicine, also known as OCOM, the top school in the country. Welcome, Vanessa and Courtney. Hi, thank you for having us. It's so great to have you. So I have to ask this question. It's kind of where I usually start. I want to hear a little bit about your stories in terms of how you found yourselves uh, working with dermatology and Chinese medicine. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think at least well, I'll speak for myself and say that I was always interested in the skin and I wasn't sure whether I was going to go into Eastern medicine or naturopathic medicine, um, ended up finding my way into Eastern medicine, uh, really for the herbs thinking I'm going to specialize in skin, um, found cosmetic acupuncture along the way, um, and stumbled into Courtney here. And she had the same interest and it's just really uh, rare in our fields, pretty niche. Not a lot of people do it. So um, we just kind of bonded over that right away. Yeah. And I think my story is very similar in that, you know, helping people reconnect back into their bodies where with the skin, what's happening on the inside is generally always reflecting on the outside. So giving people the ability to be regain that confidence and connection back into their bodies. So yeah, it was nice to find Vanessa in grad school and um, that we have a similar approach in wanting to care for patients and help them attain their outcomes. Well, that's really awesome. I, um, I was so excited to reach out to you and, and get you on the show because I don't know anyone else doing uh, cosmetic acupuncture and dermatology in the world, really. And, you know, in naturopathic medicine, we've got the emuncteries. It's called emuncterology, where there are five main ways the body detoxifies. And, you know, it's the skin, the liver, the kidneys, the um, gut. Uh, and uh, one other, I'm forgetting it right now, the lungs actually. Uh, and, and I feel like, um, you know, Chinese medicine really has a profound understanding. I know very little about Chinese medicine, but it has such a profound understanding of, of different energies in the body and how they impact the skin. So I'd love to hear about, uh, about the skin from a Chinese medicine perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think in Chinese medicine, we look at the skin also through the lens of biomedicine that is our biggest organ. Um, and it really reflects what's going on in the rest of the organ systems. So 
it's interesting, you know, that that's the way that you look at detoxing. I think most of those organs besides the large intestine, we would consider part of the um, Zong organ system. And those are largely related to the skin. Uh, so there's a lot of pathways there. Um, and we, I mean, I feel like the skin really, it's connected to all of them. So we kind of have to look at the whole organ system. The lung is kind of the obvious one, I think, because in Chinese medicine, it, you know, controls the skin. And so that's, I guess, the most obvious sort of organ system skin connection. But really, I think in practice, we see a lot more with the liver per se, because of its connection to the blood and detoxing and so much of what shows up on the skin is related to the blood. So I think, <laughs> you know, uh, and the gut, the large intestine, the lung have a relationship together. Um, so these are all, all kind of the same things that we look at when we're looking at the skin. Yeah. And then uh, along with the liver and the blood, there's an emotional component that we almost always see and address with our clients. Um, yeah, I think uh, in Chinese medicine, the emotions are stored in the Zong organs also. So uh, we see that pretty frequently. I, I'm not gonna say it's 100% of the time, but a lot of times there is an emotional component with sort of that beginning phase when we start to see something that's getting manifest um, and then also sort of in chronic situations. Wow, that's so powerful. So you're saying that when you're looking at like rosacea or psoriasis or acne or eczema, you're immediately looking at the emotional components and you're looking at the organs behind the scenes. I mean, how, yeah. how, do, you, how do you start from there? How do you dig in? Can you walk us through a little bit behind the scenes? Yeah. I mean, I think we're initially looking at what we see on the surface of the skin. So color, texture, what sort of um, lesions we see, is it pustules, vesicles, is it macules or papules? And that allows us to kind of know, is there a damp component? Is it a heat component? Like, you know, is there light kinification? Is there scaling? So that gives us a hint, I mean, more than a hint, but a good idea of kind of what's going on at different levels in the body and then which organs are associated with that. Sometimes we see things like maybe we have an acne patient and they only break out, you know, along the jawline and the chin. And we know that's connected with hormones and in terms of that relates to the kidney. So we can immediately go there. Um, same with maybe we're treating like periocular dermatitis and we know the eyes relate to the liver. So often there's like a liver component. So there's a lot of things that hint at specific organ systems. Yeah, and then we'll kind of delve deeper into our questioning about what was happening during a time of your life when you started seeing these skin eruptions. Yeah. Was there an emotional component? Was there a dietary something that happened in your life? Um, so we'll kind of try to get down these wormholes of what was happening when when you started experiencing the skin condition and a lot of the times it is a there is an emotional component yeah the death of a family member or like someone they care about or some sort of traumatic incident or grief. stress or work major stressor something like that that seems to kind of trigger that change in the body where then it expresses on the skin 
And I think that actually aligns pretty well, even with biomedicine, that a lot of times, you know, you see something happens and that gene is turned on. So, so you know how we talk about toxic burden, uh, and obviously there's an emotional, spiritual, mental component as well as um, persistent organic pollutants and toxic, you know, metals and chemicals. How does that overlay with what you're doing? Uh, I mean, how does that affect uh, the elements or you know dampness, coolness, um, these kinds of things? How do, how do you tease that out if a person has, let's say, arsenic toxicity because they um, maybe they ate a bunch of uh, chicken or or seaweed or something that had arsenic in it and then they end up with a, a rash that's playing into an already existent eczema or something uh, like how do you f it, it, am i overthinking it or is there a oh, no. <laughs> um you know it's complicated and um i think it's just kind of part of the process we have very thorough um our intake process is really really thorough um, and then continues with every time we see the patient, we're doing regular check-ins with them to kind of track progress and track changes. So, and we cover dietary is a huge aspect of that, um, lifestyle uh, and, you know, medical history, family history. So we're trying to look at all of the dimensions and then see kind of as they progress, like if things aren't changing, okay, what what are you doing in your life? What's, you know, have you made any changes? Have you not made, you know, kind of trying to check all those lifestyle factors um, and see what might be exacerbating the issue, um, why we're potentially not seeing a change that we want to see. And then ultimately, I think utilizing the tools we have at our disposal to counteract whatever's going on, even if we don't know exactly what the answer is. So sometimes we, I mean, often, like, talk about, like, atopic dermatitis, we don't know a lot of times what the cause is, and we'll go over common things and kind of check in with them. What's your skincare routine? What kind of things are you exposed to? Allergies, you know, but sometimes we just don't know. Yeah, and oftentimes medication, side effects, mm -hmm. um, travel to a, a damp, warm climate where the body's not used to, food, environmental factors, and then they come home whether it's a parasite or a fungus um, that their body's not able to fight. So yeah, delving, delving down into those like questions again. Yeah. So I think we're always trying to suss out what's going on. Obviously if we can, that helps us in our process, but we're not dependent on that. I guess I feel like our medicine kind of, we can cover that even if we don't have the exact answer of what's causing it. So in the case where you talked about um, the uh, the rash that was kind of on the jaw um, and knowing that that's kind of a, there's a kidney component there perhaps, or likely if you work with kidney meridians, uh, like with uh, in the ears or just throughout the body, do you sometimes see then an improvement in that uh, just with your holistic plan or how do you go about um, approaching that? Yeah, I would say with the skin, it's not always directly related to the channel, but we always check that. And a lot of times like in the ears, because it is a microsystem, we'll see uh, signs that show up, um, whether it's little spots or bumps or, I mean, there's a lot of different things you can look at. Um, and I think we always check these two as a way of, I guess, um, confirming our diagnosis. So we wanna see from multiple sort of angles, I guess you'd say, <laughs> yeah. uh, that we've, we've chosen the right diagnosis. 
So can you give uh, maybe a couple practical tips, a couple pearls, um, uh, so to speak, uh, you know, about how, uh, how one can approach their skin um, from this other way and maybe improve whatever they've got going on or where to start? Yeah, so I think um, always looking at diet and lifestyle first because that's something that's relatively easy and accessible for someone to make modifications. Um, so pay attention, paying attention to what one eats. Um, if there are things that trigger an acne outbreak or a rash, um, so just helping helping the patient reconnect and understand, you know, what they're putting in their body um, makes a big difference. Um, sleep, it's when our body repairs itself. So healthy sleep habits, um, yeah, keeping the stress down, you know, finding something that you enjoy, things that bring joy in your life. <laughs> I feel like that helps with the emotional component. Um, there's definitely, I mean, I think there's really common food things that probably across the board, anyone who's studied nutrition is going to understand. And so, you know, usually we'll start with, you know, dairy, sugar, processed foods, things like that. Um, trying to take those out and fill up that space with colorful, you know, fruits and vegetables and things like that. Um, I think if we're talking specifically like in Chinese medicine, um, that's maybe like harder to, to address for somebody just at home um, who doesn't really have the knowledge there. Um, you know, if we have a consultation consultation with someone, we can direct them on some food choices or, um, you know, like we always try to avoid like iced drinks and beverages, um, drinking more room temperature or warm things, like not eating as much raw food, eating more cooked food. Um, so things that are easier on your system and help you process um, better. Yeah, like if a patient has um, acne lesions that show signs of dampness, so if they're fluid-filled, that person might be a little more prone to damp. Um, so then if they're in turn living in a climate kind of like the Pacific Northwest where it already is damp, and then you're eating damp foods, like dairy, um, that's going to just perpetuate kind of what is already a pathogen in the body. So we want to help a patient understand how to kind of reduce the dampness in their body just on their own with their diet and lifestyle. And then we can further um, help with herbs and acupuncture. Yeah. So if somebody wasn't to do, you know, the work, like, you know, change their diet, et cetera. And let's say they just came to you and they got um, some gua sha and uh, some needles put into certain points and maybe, um, I don't know, an emollient of some kind, are they still going to see some results or would you say that it's just um, tip of the iceberg kind of thing? I think it depends on the severity of their condition. So I feel like cupping and gua sha um, needles, that's always going to be um, or 99% of the time. Maybe there's a few patients who that's not the right course of action for. But in general, they're going to see benefits from that. But then there, there are things that have to be discussed. Like if we have an acne patient with active lesions, I don't want them doing cupping a gua sha on their face. 
um, because that's likely going to spread bacteria. So, you know, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a process and it's really individual to each patient, but I do think there's kind of general care stuff. We always encourage our patients to take, um, gua sha tools home, do some work on their skin, just even if it's five minutes sitting in front of the TV and you just do a little bit, you know, all of that builds up over time. Um, acupuncture is going to be beneficial no matter what. I mean, even if you just look at it as simply a, like an anti-inflammatory um, treatment, it is going to have benefits. Even if I put all the needles in the wrong points, you're going to get some benefit from that. So, <laughs> Can you explain what gua sha is for those who don't know? Yeah, it's a traditional scraping method. Um, you'll see it in a lot of cultures. That sounds weird. But um, you take a stone or metal, um, a spoon even, uh, and you, with some pressure, you're going to kind of uh, drag it across the skin. Facial gua sha is different than body gua sha. So on the body, that's a more sort of aggressive scraping technique. Um, that lifts what we call sha from underneath, and that's stagnant chi and blood. So it can look a little bit like a bruise, but it's actually not a bruise. Um, that kind of comes to the surface. On the face, we don't really want people walking out with um, bruised-looking faces, so it's a much gentler approach. Um, same with cupping. Uh, sometimes people are like, ooh, I'm just imagining those cupping marks all over my face. Don't worry, <laughs> you won't have that. Um, so... Gua sha, I think on the face, you know, there's a lot of benefits, but certainly one of the best known ones is lymphatic drainage. Um, but it's a method of kind of taking that stone or tool and um, creating sort of stretch and tension with the skin um, and, and moving the chi, moving the fluids in a direction um, that you choose. Yeah, and I think both body and facial cupping and gua sha, we're really trying to loosen the muscles. Um, so in like the neck or shoulders, the body with gua sha and cupping, we're breaking adhesions, we're kind of creating space within the tissue. Um, and then in the face, we're for anti-aging purposes and lymphatic drainage, we're wanting to loosen up muscles that are always being activated. Um, and for lifting and fine lines, we want all of those muscles to be loose and not tight. And then when you're doing cosmetic acupuncture, are you mostly working on the face or are you doing the whole body or the ears and it just depends on the person? All of it. Yeah, we almost always start with the ears and then you get a body treatment and then we finish with the face. So it is a full, full treatment. Yeah, so we want to address the constitutional issues that are causing whatever the concern is of the patient. So constitutionally treat them and then go in and target then those areas of concern. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. I, I'd love to hear uh, where people can find you. You know, how can people reach out and, and um, contact you? Yeah, uh, well, we're located in Tualatin. And then, you know, we also take appointments by phone. Uh, we have a website. It's just uh, labsdermatology.com. And you can book appointments through there. Um, we also do free consultations. And there's all the information, all our pricing, our treatments are there. Um, so yeah. that's an easy way. Yeah. And then on social media, we're um, on Instagram at lad underscore labs. 
And same with uh, Facebook. And yeah, so we respond to patient questions, inquiries, both social media and our website. Well, well thanks so much for joining me. Uh, that concludes this episode of the Modern Vital Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. We value your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions, please reach out to me at ben at modernvital.com. Also, please leave us a review if you enjoyed this episode. And we look forward to having you join us next week for another exciting episode of the Modern Vital Podcast.